The Google Podcast app is going away in April. Right now, I want you to take a look at the podcast app you're using right now. Maybe it's time for a new one. Check out podcastapps.com and try a new one for free right now. That's podcastapps.com. Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B, a lover of all things coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy, and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back, and enjoy. Now, here's your host, Jenny B. Hello and welcome to the show. In this week's episode, I want to talk about a book that I recently discovered. The book is entitled The Mountain Is You by the author Brianna Wiest. I found Brianna on Instagram. I was scrolling through and, you know, you click on different links and you follow different accounts and you pick up different things. And in this particular instance, I believe it was an excerpt from that book and it caught my attention because the writing seemed to speak to me about something that I was going through at that time. And I'll get more about that in a little bit, but back to the mountain is you. It got me interested enough that I wanted to buy my own copy versus getting one from the library because First of all, there's a long waiting list (laughs) for that book. But secondly, when you have your own copy, you can go back and highlight certain passages, you know, put sticky notes, highlight certain pages that you'd like to go back to. And the thing about reading books is that, at least for me, the first time you read it, you tend to skim it, meaning that you pick up on some of the main parts of the book, whether it's the main story you know, whatever's going on. And then if you decide that you like the book and you want to read it again, this time you tend to slow down and you tend to really read into what is said. And sometimes you read between the lines, meaning that the words that are there perhaps have a different meaning, but because you've had a chance to slow down and really take your time in capturing that meaning. And it really adds a little bit more to the book, the story, whatever it is. But this time I decided that I wasn't going to get a book. I wanted instead to get the audible version of it. And typically what I do every morning is I like to go for a walk. You know, right now it's summer and tends to be a little hotter during the day. So I head out in the morning, put my earbuds in, and I open the audible version of The Mountain Is You. Now, it's not Brianna who is reading or narrating, I should say. It's Stacey Glomboski, but I love Stacey's voice. And the words that she is narrating, you know, Brianna's words, I feel as if they are speaking to me, especially about certain things that I've talked about in other episodes, either my own or in interviews with others. You know, the whole idea of overthinking, perfectionism. And these are actually ways that you can self-sabotage yourself. And this is primarily 
the main focus of the book, The Mountain Is You, is that we tend to self-sabotage. And what we're doing is we have needs or emotions that are either repressed or unmet. And when we have a goal in mind of whatever it is that we want to do, but we don't follow through, part of that is that we know what we want to do, but we tend to doubt ourselves. We tend to throw up excuses why we can't do that. And self-sabotage is not necessarily a bad thing. It doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. And the way that Brianna talks about it is that there's the conscious part of ourselves and there's the unconscious part of ourselves. And when we think about the goals that we want to achieve, it's not easy to get to that because again, we use that self-sabotage. And self-sabotage is a way of coping. These are coping mechanisms that help us get through it. You know, I mentioned perfectionism. Pride's another one. Overthinking is another one. You know, when we think about perfectionism, you know, we keep working at it until it's perfect. I can't publish that book until it's perfect, but it never gets perfect. And because it's never perfect, it never gets published. Or pride when you're stuck in a job that you hate, but you're forced to stay there partly because it's the only job you have. You maybe don't have skills for anything else, or you're supporting a family, or you're fulfilling the obligations for a partner, parents, and your pride stops you from admitting how much you hate your job. So you swallow and stay, even though you may have aspirations for something else. And I've used those coping mechanisms. You know, the perfectionism, the pride, the overthinking, the feeling that I'm not good enough. Oh, I can't do that thing because who am I? I'm not good enough. Or you think about getting into relationships and you keep dating the wrong person. And it's a pattern. It's the same person you keep dating. And you might ask yourself, why am I dating the same person? This person is not for me. And it doesn't necessarily mean the person is bad or maybe they are bad, just bad for you or not right for you. But it's not someone that you want to be with. But the thing is, is that you don't necessarily know who you want to be with. So it's not necessarily the partner that's at fault. It's that perhaps you don't know enough about yourself to know what would make you happy. And maybe it starts with you being happy with yourself first, you know, having that relationship with you before you can have one with someone else. But I digress. In the book, Brianna also talks about our behaviors, you know, the way that we deal with our coping mechanisms, you know. So if you are aware that you tend to be more of a perfectionist or that you keep postponing, you know, let's say you have a goal, you have a goal that you want to write this book, but you don't do any writing, you don't take action, you don't set aside a schedule where, you know, I'm going to write at 10 o'clock every day, I'm going to write either for 
two hours, or I'm going to write 10 pages or whatever your goal is. Because if you don't start, you're never going to get that book. And so this is a way of you coping and maybe, maybe secretly, even though that's a goal, that's a dream of yours, you want to write this book, you want to be published. Maybe secretly you're thinking, well, who's going to buy my book? You know, why would I bother going through all the effort and all the expense of getting it published? And, and then I have to do all the work to promote it and, oh, it's too much. And so you drag your heels and basically don't get anything done. But it's being aware of your behaviors, being aware of your coping mechanisms and finding a way of dealing with them. So if something is really important, so let's talk about your health for a second. Your doctor has advised you that because you have high blood pressure, perhaps there's a history of heart disease in your family. He's advised that you should lose 20 pounds. Now you have a goal that is important because it has to do with your health. And so you set about, you see a nutritionist, dietitian, set up a diet, plan. They set you up with an exercise program and you're good to go. But partway through, you decide that this is too hard. You know, you miss all the wonderful things that you used to love eating. And so you find yourself at McDonald's one day and you order your favorite Happy Meal or cheeseburger or whatever, (laughs) whatever you love to eat and then decide, you know, now what do I do? Do I get back on the diet because this is important? Or do you start feeling certain things? Are you feeling sad that you succumbed to eating this meal? Are you feeling shame? Are you embarrassed? Are you angry with yourself? And are you talking to yourself in a mean way? How could you have done that? Why, why would you do that? You were doing so well, and then you had to blow it. And now what? So when we think about why we succumb to those things, those are actually triggers. Triggers will trip us up. Is it that, you know, you're driving past McDonald's one day or you're walking past and the smell of French fries is in the air? I know it's intoxicating. Is that a trigger to call you to come in and have that meal that you really shouldn't be having because your health is at risk? So it's dealing with the triggers and dealing with the feelings that come up. And when those feelings come up, it's to analyze and take a look at, okay, so why am I feeling angry? Okay, well, I was doing well and I had to blow it by going into McDonald's. Okay, so you did it once. You realize that you shouldn't be doing it. Make a point to stay away from McDonald's. Out of sight, out of mind. You're feeling shame. Well, I've been there. You do something that you know you're not supposed to be doing. And you're ashamed that you do it, especially if somebody catches you. <laughs> you know, It's like, hey, the doctor told you you're supposed to be on this diet. What are you doing with McDonald's? And part of you might get defensive. You know, so there's a whole range of emotions that might come out because of that. But again, it's understanding 
the emotions, it's understanding the triggers, it's understanding your behaviors that will give us clues as to how we want to progress towards the goal of whatever it is that we want to do. Hi, it's Jenny. We'll get back to the show in a moment. But first, I invite you to check out my website, coffeewithjennyb.ca. That's Jenny with a G, where you'll find all the links to my episodes. You'll also find a variety of coffee gifts available for purchase, including my branded bag of Red Door Coffee Beans from Harrison's Coffee Company. As well, you'll find a link to join the Winnipeg Coffee Community Facebook group. I'll also be posting info about upcoming coffee tours and coffee nights. So keep checking my website for updates. You can also follow me on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. Now let's get back to the show. You know, speaking of conquering the mountain, I want to share a quote by Sir Edmund Hillary. He was a New Zealand mountaineer and explorer. He and his Sherpa Tenzing Norgay were the first ones to set foot on the summit of Mount Everest on May the 29th, 1954. Now, Mount Everest, that is an interesting phenomena. You know, so many people have tried to reach the summit and many have successfully done so, but many have perished trying to climb that mountain. But back to the quote, he said, it's not the mountain we conquer, but ourselves. So let's think about that for a second. How are we conquering ourselves? What are we doing to help us climb the mountain in our life? You know, when you think about a mountain, it's bigger than life. You know, they're known as giants. You can't go through a mountain. And if you're on foot, it's difficult to go around. I mean, you can go around a mountain, but it's going to take a long time. So how do you conquer the mountain? Well, you climb, you climb the mountain. And I did a little bit of research to find out why do people climb mountains? Well, human beings delight in overcoming difficulties. Most of us like a challenge. Again, getting back to using the word conquer, we can conquer these challenges. We can overcome these obstacles. And the simple reason that people like to climb mountains is because it's there. And when you think about what it takes to climb a mountain, and now we're talking about climbing a mountain as it pertains to a metaphor for life, climbing a mountain requires endurance, persistence, and willpower. Because just like mountain climbing, life can be difficult. You know, you talk about the peaks and valleys. When you talk about the peaks, life is going well. You know, money in the bank, job is secure, family's healthy. And then you get those dips, dips in the valley. Things perhaps are not as good as they used to be. And then there's that upswing. So you get the peaks in the valley. And it's how you deal with those peaks and valleys that help you to get through life. 
And there's other metaphors for mountains. You know, there's the phrase, uh, oh, you're making a mountain out of a molehill. Well, if you think about what a molehill is, and a mole, they dig holes and they form these little hills. But of course, you know, when you think about a mountain out of a molehill, you're turning something small and insignificant, like a molehill, into this great big, huge mountain of a problem. There's also the metaphor for it's an uphill grind, meaning that you're struggling, you're climbing up this mountain and it's, oh my gosh, it's so hard and you have to stop and you have to catch your breath and you just want to give up because it's too hard. It's just too much, but you have to keep going because what's the alternative? Do you go back? Well, I don't know about you, but I've never tried to climb backwards down a mountain. (laughs) I'm sure using there's equipment, you've got a harness and there's ropes and so on and so forth. But I don't know, you know, when I think about people rappelling down the side of a mountain, just the idea of doing that, it's like, uh, I don't know if I'd want to do that. So when you start climbing and just life, you know, you can't give up, you can't go back, got to keep going. Just like climbing a mountain, you just have to keep going and reach the summit and then you can start climbing back down. But back to the mountain is you. Another way that you can identify some of the triggers and emotions is listening to your gut. You know, I've talked about, you know, your gut instinct that your stomach basically is your second brain and it knows what your body is wanting to do before your brain does. You know, your brain is trying to over overcome everything and send you all these, you know, messages and there's like thousands of messages that go through your brain every day, but your gut will lead you and say, you know what? what are we doing here? Where do we need to go? And so then listening to your gut is a way that can help you overcome and again, conquer whatever you are using to self-sabotage yourself and stop you from fulfilling those needs. Now, sometimes those needs are because of trauma, something that may have happened in the past. In the book, Brianna wrote about Carl Jung when he was a young boy, he fell and bumped his head when he was at school. And he had to be at home for a while to recover. After that incident, whenever he went to school, he would have fainting spells because he associated the idea of him being hurt while he was at school. So he did not want to go to school because he was hurt. So he was fainting. So when you think about repeating certain patterns from the past, you know, maybe as a child, you were told, you know, that you're too loud, you're too whatever, you're not smart, or either you were called dumb or whatever put down. And you try to overcome those. But now you're in a position where you want to do something, you want to educate yourself, you want to progress, you want to achieve something in life. But those traumas, that whole idea that, you know, maybe I'm just not good enough. Maybe I can't do that thing because of your past and those repressed emotions, perhaps. And again, those unmet needs. So what do you do? Well, you start to think about what's really important and stop to think about your behaviors, and how to deal with those triggers. Because when 
you have that mountain in front of you, it doesn't mean that you are broken. It means that you have an opportunity to fulfill those needs. You have an opportunity to heal the past and move on. And when you think about mountains, again, another metaphor for mountains, they have been used for spiritual healings and awakenings. You know, when you think about in the Bible, you know, Moses on the Mount, where God gave him the Ten Commandments, that was a spiritual awakening for Moses. And not just for Moses, but why do people climb Mount Everest? You know, it's not just because it's there, but for them, it's almost a spiritual journey. It's something that they are willing to go through the sacrifice, you know, the physical and mental and emotional and financial sacrifice of climbing the mountain and knowing full well that there's a percentage that will not make it to the summit, but you still persevere and you continue because to give up would mean that you are giving up on yourself, perhaps giving up on your dream, on your goal. But again, feeling that shame, sadness, anger, perhaps. So you go on knowing that you may or may not reach the summit. But at this point, it's almost a pilgrimage in a sense that this is what you're doing. And mountains, actually, especially mountain climbing, is teaching us about life. It's teaching us how to deal with the obstacles that come our way. You know, sometimes you can't go through the obstacle. You can't go around it. You can't climb over it. (laughs) How do you deal with the obstacle? Well, you break it down. You break it down bit by bit. You know, so if you were going to take a mountain down, you know, you've got your pick and you're picking at it and picking out stones and so on in a sense that you're picking it apart. Perhaps it is the molehill you've made it into a mountain and now you need to take it back down. And sometimes obstacles are not as difficult as we make them out to be. It just seems that way in our mind. Because again, maybe it's something that we don't want to do. We don't want to face that obstacle. We don't want to deal with that. If we have to deal with it and we have to do something with it, it may mean that we have to face up that I have to change. And change can be difficult for most people. Most of us don't know how to handle change. I want to leave you with a quote. This is by Mel Robbins. And she wrote, You have been assigned this mountain so that you can show others it can be moved. That obstacles can be moved. So until next time, think about What are the mountains in your life? What are the obstacles that you are dealing with? How do you self-sabotage? What coping mechanisms are you using right now to somewhat fulfill those needs, although those needs are never quite fulfilled until you can address what is missing and what you need to fulfill that? And I encourage you to Read The Mountain Is You or listen to it as it's narrated because I know that that will 
have an impact on you as it has for me. So climb that mountain. It will be hard, but it can change your life. Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. Looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man Podcast. Join me, host Mike C, as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.